Another one is uh, that's a little unusual is uh, butternut squash with herbed ricotta cheese and dried cranberries. And it really works. It's a great slice, and I, don't, I haven't seen anything like it anywhere else. With well over a dozen locations in Maine and Massachusetts, Otto has become one of the more successful regional pizza groups in the Northeast over the past decade. The thin pies are known for their sometimes wacky toppings, which have transcended the usual red sauce and mozzarella. The story behind Otto, straight ahead. I need a deep dish sausage and a thin pepperoni for here. This is Pizza City, the podcast dedicated to the art, craft, and passion behind some of the world's greatest pizzas. I'm Steve Dolinsky, author of Pizza City USA and founder of Pizza City USA Tours in Chicago. And welcome to the show this week, everybody. Great to have you along with us. So we are moving back east again. We've got a little bit of a uh, sort of a ping pong between the Midwest and the Northeast over the next few weeks. Um, we're going to culminate uh, at the end of December with a best of show. But uh, because I was in Maine about a month or so ago, I got a couple of shows out of the way. So today we are back in Portland, uh, downtown Portland. It's about a 10, 15 minute walk from the, the tourist area, the old port. Um, you kind of walk up a big hill up on Congress Street. Um, and that's where I met with Mike Keon. He's uh, partners with Anthony Allen. Now, Anthony wasn't uh, there that day, but uh, Mike sat down with me. And it's just a gorgeous little park uh, not far from the restaurant. And we had a chat about sort of Northeast-style pizza. There isn't really a style we could put our finger on um, in that part of the country. But um, it's interesting because, you know, we talked about uh, pizza right now is just through the roof everywhere. Chicago, there's a lot of pizza activity. One of the reasons we're coming back to Chicago in two weeks for our show. Um, So many new places have opened since March. Um, Even yours truly is doing a pizza pop-up. November 22nd. I haven't officially announced it yet, but uh, you're going to see on social media in about a week or so. Um, I'm going to be doing a pop-up one night only at a local place here in Logan Square to do my my Stevie's Squares, which I've been working on for the past couple of months. But pizza is just having a moment. Um, and these the guys from Auto certainly... Uh, relishing it. They they do everything from a central commissary because they've got about 16 locations. Um, so we typically don't do the, the chains of the regional chains, but this is an interesting story and they have been around for 11 years. So sat down with Mike recently um, when I was up in Portland and started our conversation as I do all of our conversations with his first pizza memory. Sitting outside on a beautiful day here in Portland, Maine. As I was posting stuff earlier, people uh, were texting me, "Hey, if you're in Portland, you gotta go to, gotta go to the Pizza Shoals and all these other places." I'm like, "No, no I'm, I'm not in Oregon. I'm in Maine with Mike Keon, the uh, co-founder and owner of Auto Pizza. Uh, we're just down the street here from the downtown location. We're actually in downtown Portland. Uh, Mike, before we get into the, the specifics, I gotta ask you first pizza memory." I would, I would say uh, the beach pizza. I grew up in Massachusetts in Lowell, and uh, we used to go to Hampton Beach and Salisbury Beach, and I fell in love with it. It's very simple. It's a little sweet, light on cheese, and it's in, cut up in little squares done on cheat pans. Very basic, but I always loved it, and I still do. You say little squares on a well, sheet pan, like Midwestern style? Rather than a triangular slice, it's 
it's cut down the squares that are about six by six. How did Otto get started? I met my partner Anthony in Haverhill, Massachusetts. We both had restaurants there. He had a large uh, nightclub with pool tables and in the building were these two brick pizza ovens that he inherited and he has a a past with pizza. He had a shop on Nantucket Island where he grew up and uh, he did that when he was in high school. He put a little shop together on the dock and did very well with it. So he had some money and he, he wanted to open a nightclub and he did in this town called Haverhill, uh, like an old mill town. I had just finished about 12, 13 years of commercial fishing. I was in Alaska for 10 years and I had saved some money and I had developed a passion for food and wine and that I, I always thought I'd like to open my own little restaurant and I did that. So Anthony used to come in, he introduced himself, he brought a pizza the first day while I was in there ripping the floors up and building the place and we just hit it off right away and we would just talk pizza and he would talk about what the food that I was doing. I said you know it would be really interesting to join the two to put together upper scale food and pizza which a lot of people just consider to be a junk food or fast food. We never gave up on the idea. Some years had passed. We, we tried a few things that didn't work out, and but we never stopped communicating. And I moved up to Portland, Maine to uh, look for another spot for a restaurant like the one I had in Haverhill that was successful. And then I saw this little space on Congress Street. I called Anthony. I said, you know, we, we haven't given up on the idea of working together. Maybe we just try, rather than go big with taps and, and wine list and all of that, what if we just try a little slice shop? We did that. We opened it up in, um, in June of 09. So we bought dough balls, frozen. We would thaw them out, let them rest. And that was the start of our pie. We had some ideas about what the toppings would be a little and going back to my my skills things that would work on a plate all together you know a pork chop with a cider glaze with mashed potatoes and and a vegetable we would try it out on a pizza to see if it would translate part of this related to the fact that you both were kind of when I was reading about your backgrounds, kind of a MacGyver in terms of how you come up with things on the fly. Like you were working on a ship, yeah. he was doing, like he was making ovens in Tanzania out of <laughs> barrel drums or something. I mean, yeah. you guys both kind of come from this background of kind of cobbling it together. Yeah, and uh, we didn't know a whole lot about each other's past prior to the, the restaurants we had. And we learned that working together 18 hours a day in a very tight space, so we got to know each other we realized that we both had a, a similar work ethic and we weren't afraid to take some risks and we would try just about anything. And the one that's been popular is this mashed potato, bacon and scallion that I just tried, yeah. um, which I was instantly reminded of a place called Bar in New Haven, mm -hmm. Connecticut, not that far from here actually, closer than Chicago is. Uh, they have a very similar pizza. Is that an East Coast thing, do you think, or just a coincidence? Uh, I think coincidence. I, I knew about Bar afterwards. I heard about people would mention it, and I actually went there and I tried it. And I think they just use bacon, uh, bacon and mashed potato, and it, it's delicious. I don't know if they put a red sauce on it or not. I can't remember now. Potato and cheese is it's a classic combo. I mean, it, it does work. What else? What did that you find did not work? I mean, you have a lot of experimentation. What just did not work on a pizza? One of our shops at one point. One of the pizza chefs, uh, pizza cooks. He was clearing out his kitchen because he was moving and he was getting rid of some canned goods and he brought in a can of cream corn and threw that on a pizza and it, it, just the sight of it was, I'm glad that it, 
it went on the shelf to go out as a slice and we happened to wander into that shop before they opened for business and I saw that on the line and I said absolutely not and and we don't give that freedom to to the shops because we always uh, bring up as an example the cream corn incident. Typically you've got like five or six flavors it looks like. You had a margarita today, a pepperoni, uh, the mashed potato, and then a special which was like a Nashville hot chicken, I think. Yep, uh, that's what we'll offer as a, a per, per slice. And those seem to be the popular ones. Uh, another one is uh, that's a little unusual is uh, butternut squash with herbed ricotta cheese and dried cranberries. And it really works and it's very colorful and uh, you know, you have to salt that just right but uh, it, it really is a it's a great slice and I don't I haven't seen anything like it anywhere else and are all 16 locations basically working with the same menu the slice versus the whole pie kind of the same thing yeah exactly the same it's important that it's consistent throughout from shop to shop state to state I can imagine like in some restaurants they have pictures of people you know don't allow this person in the kitchen there's a picture of a cream corn pizza somewhere in all of these <laughs> auto pizzas um, and then I want to ask you about the name Otto, first of all, because from Chicago, I'm thinking Otto Batali had a place in New York called Otto, which was a pizzeria. Is there any confusion outside of Maine or Massachusetts uh, with that name Otto? Uh, there's a little bit. You know, some people will run into an Otto in, in other places, and they've, or they've heard about it. Not a lot, though. It's, it's really just a name that we picked. We, we had a list of 50 names that we were trying out on friends and family and boiled that down to about 10, and then we get down to 5, 3. And Otto was always on the list, but it wasn't, wasn't tops for me. I, I liked Enzo from The Godfather, Enzo the Baker. <laughs> we actually ended up calling our little wine bar that we opened uh, later on Enzo. And it's a palindrome, so it, one thing we discovered early on was in that shop when we were in there, the customers that were crammed around the corner would always comment on the logo when the headlights came into through the glass from Forest Ave. The logo would travel across the wall and it still read auto. Very cool. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back and talk with uh, Mike Keon here, co-owner, co-founder of Auto Pizza in Portland, Maine. And we're also gonna preview some scenes from our next show coming up in two weeks. So stay with us. Pizza City is brought to you by Baccio Cheese. Now, one of the things I like about provolone is the sharpness, but I know a lot of restaurant owners don't necessarily love the round shape it traditionally comes in because it's not ideal for sandwich coverage or storage. Well, Baccio Cheese has reinvented the wheel, so to speak. They've just launched Provore, which has the delicious, sharp provolone flavor you'd expect, but it's made with their secret recipe, including Baccio's trademark Kiss of Buffalo Milk. Now, rather than pizza this month, I sliced a few squares off of the six-pound rectangular block they sent me. It does stack nice in my fridge, by the way. I placed them between thick slices of brioche, some end-of-season heirloom tomatoes, and bacon, and wow, melts just as consistently as their other pizza cheeses I've had, has that sharp meats, creamy taste I was expecting. And here's the cool thing for all you restaurant owners. They guarantee quality and offer cash back for every pound you buy through their Baccio Gold Club program. You can learn more about Provore cheese by heading over to BaccioCheese.com slash PizzaCityUSA. That's BaccioCheese.com slash PizzaCityUSA. Provore, it's provolone inspired, 
Baccio perfected. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We're talking with Mike Keon here, co-founder, owner of uh, Auto Pizza, which has multiple locations in the Massachusetts and Maine area. And I'm going to let uh, Mike kind of clarify this. I said 16 in our last segment. It's really, it's like 13 company owned. There's a licensed one. There's one that's not open yet. Do you want to clarify that number? Yeah, sure. Uh, so 13 shops currently owned and operated by Anthony and I and our team. Seven in Maine and six in Massachusetts. And we also now have our latest one, is uh, is a licensed shop. Two of the folks that work for us asked if they could open one of their own, and they still work for us, but they actually own an auto that they operate. That's in South Boston. And before that, there was a small one in uh, the B Terminal at Logan Airport, a company called Air Ventures that puts eateries in airports. Okay, so with all these locations, you do have a central commissary for doing the dough. You mentioned the last segment, when you guys first started, you were buying frozen dough, which a lot of pizzeria guys are gonna listen to this and go, ay, 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 ay. And so, right, but right now, because you've got so many locations, tell me about how the dough situation works. So we have a, a master baker, Alex Castiello, and his family, he has his sons working at the, at the facility. It's an 8,000 square foot facility um, in Lynn, Massachusetts, and they get uh, a shipment of flour that they spec out. They're looking for an ash level in flour, so they're not using any brand name. They're just, they're looking for a, a component in the flour, uh, 46 to 50 parts per million is the sweet spot for for Alex, and that's what he, that's what he targets. We're making about 20,000 pounds of dough going out to the shops in 16-ounce dough balls. So it's mixed on one day, and then do they let it proof yeah. overnight and then send it out the next day? Yeah, it'll it'll be mixed, uh, say, on a Monday, and then they'll hang on to it for two or three days, Thursday, Friday, and then it will, it will already be in proof boxes portioned out, six to a box. Those will be in a cooler, dated, stamped uh, signature on there and then they'll go on to our refrigerated truck that we own, and that truck goes out every day to different shops. It takes the whole week to get to all the stores, to pick up the old boxes, drop off the new batch, and ideally, by the time the shops are opening up the boxes with that batch of dough that was made on Monday, they won't begin to stretch a pie until about a Friday, so they want to give it five days, six days, gives you the flavor that we're looking for. Can you talk about any of the toppings, uh, the sourcing of anything? I mean, a lot of guys like to drop names like grande mozzarella and Izo pepperoni, Izo sausage from Columbus. Anybody you want to specify in terms of cheese or sauce? The cheese is grande, whole milk, and the sauce is uh, Stanislaus Company tomatoes. They, they harvest their tomatoes, they clean them, process them and get them in a can, I think within six hours is their, is their um, claim to fame. And it's, it's a fantastic product. It is, it's got great acidity, brightness, it's got a lot of flavor. We really don't do much to that sauce. We, we almost take it right out of the can and put it on the pie. And we messed around with adding lemon juice and sugar and salt and and it, it, it just doesn't need anything. Was it a Blodgett oven inside? I couldn't tell, it was a we, stone deck we, oven? We started with a Blodgett. Uh, Anthony had a couple of Blodgett ovens, old ones, uh, in storage somewhere from some of his old pizza shops. Uh, we fired them up and they were great. Those are real workhorses. They're, they're great ovens. 
when we started to expand, we came across this company called Marcel, and we really loved it. It was great. They were great, uh, great ovens, and they have different depths. Uh, the ones I like are they're one pie deep, and they there's a good recovery time on the stones. They have stones above and below, so there's a lot of heat circulating all around there, and it just it just really bakes a great product. Yeah, two of the best places in Chicago, Bibu and Roberts, both use Marsals. Okay. So I think they got bought by Middleby Marshall. I'm not mistaken. They got bought. Yeah, I don't know if that's the name or not. So we're we're still using them. Um, they're still good ovens, but I think there is a little bit of a difference since they've uh, changed hands. Now, your pizza style, I was trying to pin it down. It's sort of like a New York slice. It's that you know big wedge that we can fold easily. It's got a, kind of a, look like there might have been coarse cornmeal or something underneath it to kind of protect it from, or prevent it from sticking. Yep. Um, the cornish shown, though, is pretty small. There isn't really a, a, a sort of a pronounced cornish shown on the edge. It's pretty flat and crispy. Yeah, um, we wanted it to be thin. Not a lot of crust on the outer edge. I personally don't care for that. Um, so we agreed that on what we ended up with, it's a, you know, it's less than an inch maybe of, of bubble crust on the outside. And we've just always been happy with it. That's, that's our side, whether it's a, a New York style or a New Haven style, I don't think we invented anything, but it's, it's our style. you're from this area and you've spent a lot of time in Portland and you're from Massachusetts is there a style of pizza out here I mean obviously New Haven you can pin down you know with two or three places New York is pretty easy to figure out in terms of squares versus uh, triangles but is there a style in Massachusetts or in Maine I wouldn't say that's predominant uh, I think there's there's more wood-fired uh, Neapolitan style coming I've heard rumors that uh, there's some shops opening soon and I that, that makes all the sense there's a guy that opened up a grilled pizza place uh, down in the, um, the, old, the the Bayside and it's very good I, I like going there it's uh, it's probably become my favorite pie it, grilled like uh, Forno in Providence exactly same deal yeah uh, pretty close to it I think they're using uh, a lot of the same ingredients but uh, it looks like their style is the same what's it called uh, Coles and they have locations in um, New Jersey, I think, maybe Connecticut also. I think they have about four or five shops. And but there's not a style here in Portland people have been going to for like 80 years. No, I, I, I just don't think that uh, there's a place on the waterfront called Bill's Pizza. And I think that's, that's been the pizza that uh, kind of old school, you know, uh, it's good. I mean, I, I, I like a lot of different styles, but I don't think anybody really owned Portland or this area with, with a specific type of pizza. It's been a mishmash. Okay, last question we ask everybody on the show. Uh, knowing what you know now about pizza, which is certainly quite a bit, what would you have told yourself oh, 11 and a half, 12 years ago before you opened up that first location here on uh, Congress uh, in 2009 uh, about being successful in the pizza business? I would say if your plan is to expand, you think you have something that's unique or successful, uh, take your time and get it right. I'll fully disclose that we, we probably got a little aggressive in the beginning in the first few years and we were opening shops quickly and getting lots of traffic uh, more than we were expecting in some areas like Harvard Square and Coolidge Corner and, and it was difficult. We didn't have a lot of processes in place and formulas. We didn't have the recipe books that we have today the portion control uh, so and a training program. We're still working on these things uh, 11 years later. 
So I would just say, get it right and then open another one if that's the intent and really focus on how that thing can run without you being there. That's okay. Great advice. Uh, the restaurant again is called Auto Pizza. They've got more than a dozen locations in Maine and Massachusetts. You can certainly find them online. Mike Kian, co-owner, co-founder. Um, sorry, Anthony couldn't be here, but give him our best. And uh, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. I appreciate this. All right, coming up in two weeks, we are back in Chicago where a serious Sicilian explosion is underway led primarily by a three-month-old pandemic pivot project. I was pretty straightforward and simple. I said, I, I'm, I, this is daunting and I'm scared to do this and I know what you do is probably harder than anything that I'll ever do. It was kind of just like, okay, now I'm gonna tell you everything I know. A couple weeks of, of, of really drastic changes on how I was approaching the flour, how I was approaching just making the dough, the steps, things I never even thought about. I'll talk with the two Michelin-starred chef responsible for pizza-friendly pizza where the slices take about a week to make. That's in two weeks on November 6th. Remember to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and rate us, please. I would love to know what you like or, or dislike about the show. We are at Pizza City USA on Instagram, and our website is pizzacityusa.com. You're going to find tour information and a, a short list of pizza recaps in some of the other cities I've visited over the last two years, including New York City. I've got about 65 listings there. Bureaucratic wrote and performed our theme song. And just a reminder, stay safe, everybody. Wear a damn mask. Keep social distancing. And please, please keep ordering pizzas and support your favorites. Keep them afloat during the pandemic. Thanks for listening, everybody. And here's wishing you an optimal bite ratio, always. <laughs>